1: The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Face-Off podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Had it, lost
0: it. Picks it up. line.
1: face-off
2: the daily face-off
1: the daily face-off podcast with your host brock segan
2: welcome ladies and gentlemen to season three episode 12 of the daily face-off podcast i'm your host brock segan and with me as always are my two co-hosts we've got michael Beeb's Bondi. how's it going Beebs? it's going good i'm super excited got a got a big detroit lions game to go to tomorrow morning so
0: um i'm gonna put on my best drinking pants and uh and you know have a fun american thanksgiving pretty excited
2: yeah, and on top of that, you might have a big daily faceoff podcast, DraftKings W, coming your way tonight as well.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. Um, that'll pay for one beer at the game. So, <laughs> yeah, no shit, yeah. eh? Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, uh, one 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 beer is better than no beer. So I can't really, you know. <laughs> that's sure. not words to live by. Then I don't. I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And then we've also got Dylan D. Berthium. How's it going, D?
1: Pretty good, man. Just got a uh, just got home from seeing Jerry D. at the Sanderson Center down the street. Um, and yeah, I've been drinking all night. My drinking pants have been on, so I'm nice ready to mail forward. this show
2: in. There you go. Yeah, it's, uh, mail it in Wednesday because it's American Thanksgiving tomorrow and none of us are American, but we're all going to celebrate like we are, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I took the day off work just because I was like, you know what? I, I just, we're so close to the border. I, I should have today off. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. This well, is... plus the game too. I mean.
2: This is uh, one of my only days off pretty much in the entire season, uh, which is nice. It was a little crazy, obviously. 15 games today was nuts, but then I think like I get tomorrow off, but then it just doesn't even count because I think there's like 15 games Saturday, yeah, and, or right Friday, and 15 games Saturday, so just back-to-back, just getting pummeled <laughs> again just because of a day off, so it doesn't even really make it worth it, but... This is, I'm disappointed because this is one of the first years I'm not actually going to be at the Lions game. So, Beebs, you'll have to have a, a beer there for me. But I'm going to a local watering hole where uh, they sell $1.50 beers on Thanksgiving Day uh, Thursdays. So, uh, it should be a good day. <laughs> not super happy. alcohol, not boys. <laughs> yeah, it, it should be a good time. So, uh, But it's hilarious. Me, my dad, and this other guy, one of his buddies are the ones that usually always go. And this guy lives like way up in Huntsville now. But he came down just to, just to party with us tomorrow. Upper Ontario. So, so uh, it should be a good time. But uh, enough about football. We'll talk a little bit more Thanksgiving Day football at the end of the show like we normally do right before Thanksgiving. But you guys ready to talk about some fancy hockey or what? Uh, never been more ready. <laughs> so think. ready. And we got mailed in D, just not even responding. So <laughs> ready. <Sorry. laughs> yeah. Just You're clearly, pride, clearly not ready. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get you know right into the meat of the daily of the fantasy hockey season, uh, let's talk a little bit just about the NHL here first. And one of the more uh, intriguing topics in the NHL through the first quarter of the season, and that's the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we've talked about them quite a bit before, um, some good, some bad. But right now, we're going to talk about the bad, and I, I guess it uh, it makes sense as they you know they're coming off of a. Brutal eight to three loss in St. Louis last oh. night, but then they turned around pretty quickly. They looked pretty good tonight and beat the Red Wings uh, pretty handily tonight. So uh, you know, one bad performance, one good performance. Now I think they get to head home. Uh, but, you know, overall, coming into tonight, at least, they were the 29th place team in the NHL. Uh, and this is a Stanley Cup favorite uh, coming into the year, which is, you know, not really what you'd ex- you were expecting to see early on. So, Beebs, we'll start with you. Kind of like, what's going on here uh, with the Oilers? You know, what, what is kind of attributed to their, their early season struggles? And do you think that, you know, they can turn it around? What's the solution? How do they get this thing back on the right track here?
0: Well, I think their coach said it best the other day. Um, their goalies suck. Their defense sucks. And uh, their forwards suck, besides Connor McDavid, um, and that's just kind of the way it is this year. Especially the goaltending for me is what kind of stands out. Between uh, Cam Talbot has a 9.1 or sorry, 9.01 save percentage right now, which is just far below league average. And um, among starters, that's uh, I'm not exactly sure where it lands, but I can imagine closer to the thirtieth spot. And then they're not even getting any help from uh, Laurent. Brust- I don't even know how to say his name, but Laurent. Was, we'll go with that. That Killed sounded it. Frenchy. Killed it. Um I tried, but um also it just seems that outside of McDavid and Drysiddle, uh there's just nothing there on this team offensively so far and uh I do expect them to turn it around. It's uh they are digging themselves deeper, but this team just too good. And we say this, it seemed like we were saying this last year about I believe it was San Jose or even Washington. Was it Washington? But just these teams are too good that, that we don't expect them to stay this bad. And that's what I think Edmonton is. But now I'm starting to get super worried because I'm looking at their back end and it just makes me kind of shit my pants.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, D, what do you think about the Oilers right now? Uh, you
1: know, I think B's kind of hit it on the head. And we talked about it before, but it's just the lack of secondary scoring. Um, McDavid's obviously still performed – Maybe uh, not quite as well as we'd hope, but certainly can't put any knock on his game. Uh, and I, obviously the Orders realize this, uh, you see that's why they're separating McDavid and Drysdale at this point. Um, and then on top of that, I think you know the special teams has kind of hurt them as well. They're kind of middle of the pack power play-wise and right at the bottom of the league in the penalty kill. Uh, and then, you know, like Beav said again, not getting the saves from Talbot when they need him. Um, so I... I I do still think they're a better team than this, but they're just digging themselves deeper and deeper. Um, but how much could this team use Jordan Everly right now or Taylor Hall, you know, a little yeah. secondary scoring? Yep. Maybe yep. not a fourth and sixth defenseman, but what do I know?
2: Yeah. Or Strome. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Strome, what a superstar. What else do you need? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know, man.
1: I, I think it's a combination of, um, like I said, a bit of a depleted roster. Um and just not a lot of things going right. Save percentage down, like I said. Shooting percentage down, uh, and when you're not playing, you know, good even strength hockey on top of all of that, uh, it's just going to pile up on you fast. I think.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of things to be said about kind of. Uh, they normally talk about how American Thanksgiving is usually kind of a really gives you kind of a really good idea of you know who's real and who's not at this point. I mean, it's not obviously a, a concrete. Uh, it's not concrete evidence, but in the past, it's been a pretty good indicator of who ends up being a playoff team. Um, I know last year it kind of wasn't, but I mean, so kind of like you guys are saying, if they keep digging themselves in this hole, it's going to be too little too late. I mean, now, obviously, it's still only November. We're not about to write them off or anything. Uh, but just to go to your guys' numbers a little bit further here, um, I think the, the most one of the most important factors is they rank fourth last in the NHL right now in 5v5 shooting percentage and are sixth worst in 5v5 saving percentage. So when you add those two numbers together... Uh, you're not getting a very nice-looking PDO. Uh, so, I mean, like obviously that speaks to a little bit of uh, maybe some bad luck, uh, but also speaks to just the struggles that Cam Talbot's had. He's not looked anywhere near the goalie uh, that led the league in wins last year. So, uh, I guess in, in simple terms, he just needs to be flat-out better. Um, but on top of those two numbers, they still have the second-best Corsi 4 in the NHL. Uh, we already, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were, we talked about... Uh, the Carolina hurricanes and how good they were they just waiting to break out. And then all of a sudden it happened like right after that episode went crazy. live. It, they just have been going nuts. Uh, so I guess maybe now, uh, is a good time. Our Oilers nation's friends will thank us because as soon as we mentioned the hurricanes, they went nuts. Now we're going to talk with the Oilers and maybe it's time for them to go nuts. Uh, but then even to further your point, a little bit more D as well. Um, Yeah, so right now their power play ranks 11th in the NHL, but their overall special teams, uh, when you combine the power play and the penalty kill together, sits 26th in the league at 95.1%. That's way down. They were on 103.6 last year, which was good for 7th. So they've got to figure out the special teams. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but again, like you guys said, they're just clearly lacking so much depth. Um, Just think about this for a second. How dirty would they be if they... Went McDavid Dreisaitl R N H down the middle, like that's filthy. Oh, that's disgusting. But it they can't. It up there with the other top lines in the league. Exactly, <laughs> but they can't do it because of their lack of wing depth. And like you said, yeah. D, it makes you wonder. Hey, maybe if you didn't trade. I mean, <laughs> I understand salary reasons and stuff. They had to sign McDavid and Dreisaitl, but like it didn't have to happen right away. Um, right. Yep. And yeah, like now they like, they have to keep Dreisaitl on the on the wing. Like they didn't give Dreisaitl eight point five million dollars to play on the wing. They they need him to be a center. Mm-hmm. And they just can't because they don't have any options. Uh, but so realistically, uh, I know Puliyarvi scored tonight. They just need more out of like you know Puliyarvi, who's still young. Strom obviously. Lucic has been meh, and and has really been half Strouble. of what he was last year. Really. And, Maroon too uh, has
1: really struggled as well.
2: Yeah, but I mean that one was a little bit more expected. <laughs> I sure, mean, but I still
1: put him on the same level as Lucic. So for mentioning him,
2: no, for sure. For I, I thought you were comparing him to Clefbaum there for a second, which is yeah. I, but uh, Tom's
0: a minus nine in his last three games before tonight. So just like he is just
2: struggling, eh? I mean, they also yeah. lost eight to three yesterday, which will hurt anybody's uh, yeah. plus minus. But I and guess, OK, flip let's flip the take, script tonight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, let's and let's flip the script right now. Uh, let's look at a team who nice. was also terrible, but is now playing better hockey. And that's the Arizona Coyotes. So, I guess, D, we'll go back to you here, start with you. Are the Arizona Coyotes maybe not the worst team in the NHL? Or, like, basically the worst, like, most putrid team in NHL history, like, they started off as? Because what was it? I don't think they had a a regulation win in, like, their first 20 games or something and set an NHL record.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like,
2: I I certainly, I, I
1: can't look at any other roster in the league and make an argument that they're worse than Arizona at this point. Um, I think the Coyotes did a pretty good job of starting off so poorly that they lowered our expectations to that point where, you know, they went three or five or whatever it is. And all of a sudden we're like, this team's not that bad. They're clearly still garbage, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, like I said, there's just, it's like, it's Edmonton's problem, but without McDavid there, right? There's just absolutely no depth on this team. And Clayton Keller is finding his stride and that's all well and good. Uh, we've had a lot of good things to say about him on the show, but at the end of the day, he's one player. Um, and I think you can count on one hand the number of guys who can actually contribute some real help to him uh, down the stretch. So it's good to see Domi playing well, because he's a bit of a question mark for me. Uh, He's at kind of that stage in his development right now, where I think he can go one way or another. So to see him picking it up and playing well alongside Keller uh, certainly bodes well for them moving forward. Um, And when I say moving forward, I mean, you know, multi-year plan, because right now I, I still can't look at this team on paper and uh, say they're any better than any of the other 30 teams in the league.
0: Yeah, I think really the only team that kind of even compares for me is Buffalo, because um, Buffalo has just struggled so much out of the gate, and they, they look like Arizona right now, especially without um, our boy Risto there. But yeah. uh, as, as far as uh, Arizona goes, I, I totally agree with you. They're, they're Edmonton, but instead of McDavid, you have Clayton Keller, which is just a tiny bit of a downgrade. And then... <laughs> You have Oliver Ackman Larson, who really is your only defenseman, but he's just getting so grinded and so
1: yeah, I like over, the
0: overused that it's just. Uh, as a team, you know they're 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 just there's not the guys there. You call it a development year. Yes, this is a complete throwaway of year, and I don't even mm-hmm. think their coaches want them to do any better than thirty first this season. So, uh, I mean, it is it's super exciting, and I think a lot of it is is rantis healthy again, um, and they're going to win games with an actual goalie now, but maybe not. You know. They're not going to be the worst team ever, I don't think, and I do think they'll end better than even last year's Avalanche. But, um, but again, they're they're the bottom feeder. That been Buffalo for me.
2: Yeah, and I think we all kind of liked the Coyotes a little bit coming into the season. You know, maybe not as a playoff team, obviously, uh, but I think it was more from like an individual perspective. They got a lot of young talent. We've obviously talked mm-hmm. a lot about uh Clayton Keller. Uh, we expected a, a bounce back from Domi after an injury plagued uh, last year. Uh, even the likes of Derek Stepan. I kind of touched on him a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think everybody was expecting Dylan Strom to make this team and, and be a, a difference maker as well, and that just hasn't uh, hasn't really come to fruition yet. You know, just maybe the Stroms just aren't good at hockey. I don't know what it is; they just can't seem to figure <laughs> it out. But um, okay, they're really and, good at junior hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know what? In the, the hL? the Coyotes have had the third worst uh, even strength save percentage on the NHL right now. Uh, but I guess obviously now they get back a healthy anti Ranta. Uh, who's kind of already started to remedy that issue and I think he'll continue to do that for, uh, going forward which will just make him a yep. you know a much more respectable team uh, Oliver ekman Larson obviously as you guys said he really is one of the best um, defensemen in the league but he just gets no recognition because he plays in the desert we already talked about yep. Keller as much as we can uh, but we've seen st- we're starting to see signs of life from step on don't let me do Claire during this this road trip um, so I don't think that they're definitely bottom three team. I would put them, like you guys said, with the Sabres and probably the Avalanche as well. But I still think this team has a bright future. I mean, like I think, I think the main takeaway here is, uh, I actually, for as bad as they've looked so far, I actually still have a lot of faith in Ranta going forward. Because I, I, I just, I do like their blue line. You make line. a ton of playing time. Yeah, and their blue line's not We're bad. I mean, OEL, practice. Demers, Goligoski, and Jarmelson. I mean, you could do far worse from a top four. Yeah, it's a lot better than people assume. Yeah, and so, I, I mean, I, I think that there's still the We talked about them having some fantasy upside coming in, and I still think that, you know, going into the next couple months, I still think it's there from an individual point of view. Um, but speaking of individuals that we like going forward, very by accident transition here. Let's talk about some guys on the waiver wire, um, who are under 60% owned that we think are pretty much must owns. Now, when we clicked on the own percentage, uh, filter on Yahoo today, we were blown away by some of these names, uh, that are still on this list. Uh, so we're going to talk about some individuals, uh that we don't talk about a whole lot on the show or haven't talked about. But then we're also gonna kinda just revisit some of these players that we have talked about before that are still under sixty percent owned and that you should also be taking a look at without going, you know, super in depth on it. So uh Beebs, we'll start with you. Who's a guy that you just think's not getting enough respect right now on the wire? Yeah, for sure. And uh and well before we start this I'll just say Brock tossed me just the
0: idea of making segment stakes, he had such a busy day and I wasn't too sure what to do. And then I literally just started going through own percentages and it's actually mind blowing some of these names. Um, That's why we had to do this. So for a lot of you guys, um, these are going to be some, these, these are like team changing guys almost that we're going to bring up or guys that can really help you um, across categories. So um, just kind of, I just can't believe that some of these own percentages. Yahoo
2: like needs this. to add like Yahoo needs to like change their own percentage like the way it goes like you should be able to rank by like what how like uh, their own percentages yeah. in like a twelve team league or a ten team yeah. league instead of just an overall because like I mean that obviously skews a notice, little bit because yeah. like if you're in an, a, a six or eight team league like some of these guys aren't going to be owned you should be able to rent like to order it by which you know how big the league is it would make yeah, it so I much think- more useful. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that'd be a lot easier because, yeah, like you said, there could even be, like, four team leagues. And those yeah, exactly. We used to be in that. one. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But uh, but for me, um, one thing that is probably going to be a theme, I think, going forward on podcasts is Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. Um, and for this one, um, this guy is an, on absolute fire. Uh, Tivu Terovainen, last week's first star, um, and currently 58% owned in all Yahoo leagues. Um, but that's after a... 34% jump overnight last night. So, uh, so before that, he was uh, just in the 20, 24% owned range, and uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, in right now is kind of breaking out into a superstar, it seems like, um, kind of in front of us. And as you mentioned, since our last podcast, really, he's done this. Um, he has 10 points in his last four games. It's kind of made his points really jump out, but he still has 19, and 19 points in 19 games total. Um, a point per game pace is... Very nice. And for someone who's on a point per game pace um, to only be less than 60 percent owned. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, He had a 42 point campaign last year and that's with 15 points on the power play. So he's uh, he is a known threat on the power play. They currently have him kind of quarterbacking the power play on the on the um, on on defense for them. Um, And and it's a super uh, exciting and just full of. I, I don't even know where to go, but scores um, on the power play. We, we mentioned Sebastian Ajo before on previous uh, podcasts. He's someone who just seems like he's also just starting to, to break back into form like he was last year and, you know, show his superstar status. And uh, and him and Teravainen are kind of doing it side by side. And then Jordan Stahl is just leading them up the middle. Uh, veteran presence who's kind of bringing his game um, c- kind of to a place we haven't seen uh, since his Pittsburgh days. Um, but right now, I really like Taravani. He's just in great position for, for points, first line, power play, first line, everything else. Um, they're they're loving him right now. And, and if he can keep this hot and going, he's shown what he can do. And, and I really like him for fantasy teams. He also has both position eligibility, which uh, we all know I love.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a couple weeks ago where I was just like, it's coming. Aho and the boys, it's coming. It's coming. I think I saw we were talking about it, Ajo's. Own percentage dropped to, like, 54. Like, it's coming. Pick him up. It's coming. And then he, they just went nuts. And now Aho is up to 72% owned just overnight, like you said. Uh, last week was straight ridiculous. Um, Aho is my boy. I just ordered his jersey the other day. So uh, that just shows how much I love that kid. And then you go along. Dark or with... white? Oh, reds all day. And then I ordered oh, uh, yeah, a, ye- a yellow Forsberg as well. So just two too, too filthy uh podcast favorites right there uh but just they're so good and you know again everything points to, was pointing to this coming and now it's happened so it, i you know i don't think they're gonna put up you know 10 points every single week but there's no, no reason for this not to continue there's no reason to be like oh is this just a hot streak i mean yeah it's a hot streak a little bit but it's not gonna be like they're not just gonna go back to be an ice cold again like this is what should have been happening from the get-go based on their numbers. The way Aho was shooting, the puck had to start going in. Uh, Hi, Brent Burns. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I absolutely, you know, he, should, he definitely deserves to be owned uh, in a lot of leagues right now. And to, for him to be under 60 is crazy. But yeah, what did you say? Up 34% like overnight pretty much.
0: Yeah, I, I believe Yahoo goes over 90. If not, it's two nights, but still 34% over two nights is just... Crazy. That's, that's a nice jump. It's a, a deserved jump, at least. For at sure. least it's not like 5%, and then I'd actually be losing my mind on this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, D, who are you looking at right now?
1: Uh, so, it was kind of hard to settle in on one guy. Um, but what made it easy is we've talked about a lot of these guys a lot before um because as you know if you listen to this podcast regularly we're just so ahead of the curve here
2: yeah <laughs> um
1: but seriously. so just to name a few i think uh evgeny dadnov still sitting at 47 percent uh and then especially brock besser and bo horvat both sub 60 as well still so you know they're still floating out on the wire in some leagues uh we've talked about them a lot and how we uh, all believe that moving forward uh they are legit they're the real deal and they're already getting top-line minutes in Vancouver, which is all they were missing last year. All Bo Holbrott was missing last year anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, so the guy has, has about... six goals in his last four games. Back-to-back <laughs> yeah. multi-point goal. He's insane. Mm. He's a beast.
1: Reading uh, all rookies and goal scoring now, I think. Did he take that over from Kelly?
2: Yeah, he's got yep. 11 now. Yeah.
0: Remember uh, when the season started and he wasn't in the lineup? Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's- <laughs> Travis Green's Great. figured it out. He's got, he knows what he's doing now. He's got a yeah. go. I don't think on. he really had to do much to have, figure it out. I well, think the Sadiqs still have more
1: seniority him. than him. So, you know, it's kind of a <laughs> sticky situation there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so, Miko Rantanen is the guy I'm actually going to talk about in pitch here. I think he's at about 37% owned still, uh, 39 uh, But Rantanen's been really amazing for the first quarter of the season. Yep. That whole top line in Colorado is really surprised. Um, and I like their odds of keeping it up. So uh, I guess in the same breath, I think Landis Cog is probably worth the same ad. Um, but Rand at 17 points in 19 games. Uh, and the underlying numbers for the most part are just as strong. He's shooting a little high at 14.6, but it's right in line with the 15% he put up last year, uh, which was his only other full season of work. So I like his chances of sustaining the slightly above average percentage moving forward. Uh, he's got a great shot. Uh, I would like to see him shooting the puck a bit more. Uh, just over two shots a game right now, but it's still an improvement uh, from the 133 and 75 he put up last year. Um, which I think is really what you want to see from a young guy. You want to see that shot production improving year to year Randon's still just 21 years old. Uh, and then otherwise 10 of his 17 points have come on the power play, which is a bit of a red flag, but he's been solid on that even strength as well. Uh, he's got a 51% course right now, a six and a half relative rating. Uh, and alongside McKinnon and Landeskog on that top line, the trio have a 70% goals for rating going early on. So they've obviously seen a lot of success together and that seems to be the plan moving forward, especially now with Duchesne out of the picture. So he might not be right around the point per game pace he's at right now for the rest of the year. But to me, he's certainly shown enough uh, that I feel confident saying he's a must own at this point. And uh, like I said, still sitting right around 39% right now. So basically, still a waiver ad for, uh, if, if he's out there. And uh, dual winning eligibility, the, like Biebs loves.
0: Love it.
2: Yeah, he picked up, he's already got two apples tonight as well. And that game's not even over. So he's now. Uh, Let's go. 19 Saving these Yeah, draft points. Yeah, uh, now he's got 19 points in 20 games, so uh, even more impressive. Uh, going back to Besser for a second, I just went back to look because like I was pretty high on him in the, in the preseason. I just wanted to see what I had him projected for, and uh, I haven't. I had him at 25 goals and 27 assists, which I guess is relatively respectable, but. Uh, he's go. currently on pace for 50 goals, so. <laughs> oh, and he's going to keep it up. Yeah, he's, he's of course, right? Also,
1: real quick, uh, hats off to the Daily Face-Off podcast league right now, because I'm at 35.9 points with that lineup and cashing in other tournaments, but it's only good for 8th out of 20-whatever place in the DFL. So everyone's showing up. You guys are both in the top five right now, no?
2: Uh, yeah, I think—
0: I'm, uh, I'm one shot off at taking the lead here. Um uh, so I'm just, you know, sitting here pretty with Joe Thornton and Brent Burns.
2: Yeah, except uh, Joe Thornton doesn't shoot. But hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, I was going to
0: say, I think we know who you're getting the shot from.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. it might be coming from thing. But yeah, it's okay. You, you take that first place because Shea Theor is uh, coming in and taking that first place away from you here in the second and the third period of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but I'm going to talk about two guys really quick uh, that I, I couldn't really narrow it down to one because you know me, I like to talk. Uh, first guy is Brendan Gallagher. He's at 50% owned, right wing, only, uh, but Gallagher continues to be one of my favorite underappreciated fantasy assets, uh, he's back to full health this year, he's averaging three shots per game, uh, but he's obviously not getting the love he deserves, and I think that's mostly because people probably visit dailyfaceoff.com and see him playing on the third line with Thomas Pekanik and Charles Houdon. Uh but that line's actually been pretty good, uh, probably mostly because of Gallagher, he's just a, an exceptional possession player, uh, he's got his course he up over 55 once again, He's on pace for nearly 250 shots, making him pretty much a lock for 25 goals with 30 goal upside, uh, and his on-ice shooting percentage is just 6.5%, which should see some positive regression, uh, which would obviously help him in the assist category as well. Uh, the Canadians are a flawed team, no doubt, but Calgar, uh, you know, he's still seeing like 15, 16 minutes a game, still sees power play time, and he keeps shooting three times a game. Uh, I like him for, uh, you know, finishing, finishing the year with like 30 goals, 25 assists, so no reason for him not to be rostered. Uh, And, you know, who knows? Maybe Carey Price will come back and and give that team the spark that they need and and get them going in the right direction. Uh, Another guy I really like is Nico Heischer at 36% own. I'm a little bit surprised when I looked at this to see how low his own percentage was just because people love number one overall picks. Uh, And he's actually had a really nice year so far. Uh, He plays an absolute ton with Taylor Hall, who is by far the devil's best player. Uh, Poor one out for the Oilers. Uh, He's separated... He was separated from Hall to start tonight, but when the Devils needed a goal, they put them back together immediately. Uh, His possession numbers aren't the greatest, but that's pretty much because the Devils aren't a good possession team. Because his relative numbers are very solid. Um, But I've obviously been uh, pretty outspoken about how I not I don't really believe in the Devils maintaining what they you know their early season start. Uh, That's kind of showing right now. But I like anybody who's going to be playing 17 plus minutes a night on a line with Taylor Hall. Uh, And and it's not like this is just uh, some scrub playing with Taylor Hall. His shirt is extremely talented in his own right. He's on pace for 47 assists right now. um, And then 186 shots, which makes him a candidate for, you know, I'd say 15 goals. Could see the 20 mark if it starts going in a little, you know, he shoots at a bit of a higher percentage than he is right now. Uh, So I like his shirt as well. But there, like you said, B, or, uh, D, there's just so many, well, B, you said it too, but there are just so many names out there. Like, it's just, it's insane. It's uh, the one guy I wanted to talk about as well is just uh, Ivan Provorov. He's playing just insane minutes oh in my God, yes. in, uh, in Philadelphia. He's seeing, uh, you know, some power play time as well. The puck hasn't really been going in for him as much. Uh, I, you know, he went through a really, really... Bad dry spell there for a little while, despite playing a massive amount of minutes. But he's now got two goals and two assists in his last three games. Uh, and he's playing almost 25 minutes a night uh, per game. So, lots to like about Proveroff, And I know he's hovering right around uh, the 50% mark as well. But, um, yeah, so that's going to do it for the first half here. We're going to fire it over to the Blue Stones as usual. Let them serenade you for 60 seconds. Then when we get back, we're going to talk, uh, I guess, some more... Waiver wire pickups uh, but a little bit further down the list some sneakier some sneakier pickups in deeper leagues guys that are playing in the top six but aren't quite getting the love they deserve um, and then we're also going to talk about uh, you know some spot starts or backup goalies that uh, you know are either uh, playing well that deserve to be owned or guys that could maybe make a play at uh, you know taking over the number one job uh, for their respective teams and then of course we got the Thanksgiving day football games coming up tomorrow so we're gonna make our uh, Thursday Thanksgiving picks as well because uh, we know you guys love to hear about football so enjoy the blue stones we'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds hey.
1: Season 3, episode 12 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium. As always, we hope you enjoy those sweet licks by the Blue Stones. Uh, Right now, you know, I just want to, real quick, bring some attention to, I alluded to it earlier, but the Daily Face-Off podcast, uh, DraftKings contest, running weekly, uh, whenever we do the show. So it's mostly Thursday nights. This week is Wednesday. Um, But just want to, you know, shine a little light on a friend of the show, Eric Young, uh WWE's own talking a little smack uh earlier on today <laughs> saying he can't wait to take her money every week and I just, you know, out of curiosity, peeked at the standings. Uh and I can't help but notice Showtime EY sitting twenty five out of twenty five right now, guys.
0: <laughs> uh I'll really guy be calling out. him <laughs> Yeah. He's gonna show up to your door and I'll drive you.
1: <laughs> well they know how to do it safely,
0: right? Like it's all That's
2: true, you might be alright.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. It's no, all but about shift of weight and balance. Yeah. And
2: be so funny. Be out. so funny if that's just not <laughs> even him. If it's just somebody else, like yeah, we're completely against. We're just calling them out. And they, this is their first ever DraftKings. So they're contest. just quitting.
1: They is it. They're Showtime Ey on. has got to be Eric Young. I don't know who else it would be.
0: It's um, truly. Oh yeah, player.
1: we're bringing this back. Um, we're moving into the sneaky top six segment here. Um, so we're basically just looking at a top six for top six forward who is under owned, uh, who can help the bottom of teams' rosters for the time being because uh, you never know how long those little pieces are going to fit into the top line alongside the Crosbys and the McDavid's. Um, but there are nevertheless, there are some interesting pieces out there on the wire right now. Uh, so, Beeves, why don't you bring us into it, man? Who are you looking at right now? Uh,
0: someone I, I kind of picked up as a spot start last week in one of my leagues um, when I had a guy go down with injury, and he's kind of just turning into a great addition for now. But it's Michael Furland out in um, out in Calgary. On previous episodes, I ref- I've rest reference people as you know the, the Milan Lucic's of their lines which is just you know a, a hard hitter who scores I think I called Josh Anderson that a couple weeks ago but Michael Furland really is that um, he is just a, a better Milan Lucic this year with playing alongside Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan on the first line in Calgary um, and if you're not paying attention to Calgary that line is absolutely disgusting um, and I think Furland's just kind of he's just kind of reaping the benefits he had a he scored in five straight games before uh, before his last two, but he still had points in six straight since being tossed on that line. Um, he's really excelled since being uh, added to that line with, with uh, both those superstars, as we know. They're both, hmm. uh, they're both, Phenomenal fantasy players. Gujral this year is looking like a top 10 fantasy player. And Furland also plays top line power play with them too. Um, this alone with him getting, you know, 16 minutes tonight alongside those guys, he he's worth an ad. And if he's staying on that line, which he looks like he might with this success, um, almost worth an ad for the rest of the year. He has 47 shots. So it's not like he's afraid to shoot at the net right now. He's, um, he, he's been keeping up with the line and just in general, um, he, he looks like the perfect fit and they've kind of been looking for a third piece for the last couple of years. So, uh, so he he's just someone you should totally keep your eye on. He's only twenty percent owned, so he's probably kicking out there in your in your waiver wires. But it's not going to be for long if he stays up there on that line.
2: Yeah, it's so funny because we um, I just added this new feature to Daily Face Off uh, where if you go to the line combinations uh, page, there's a little button at the top that you can shift it from looking at the jerseys to looking at uh, the players' numbers. Uh, it's more more so to use for like DraftKings and stuff because. Uh, and it's still being tweaked and stuff. We're going to have, like, DraftKings points, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, so we just launched it today. And um, the guy who built it and stuff for me was, was looking at it, just trying to make sure everything was working fine. And he just happened to use Calgary as, like, the example. And there's a slider where you can, you know, pick the last five games, stats from the last five games, last ten games or over the whole year, right? And mm-hmm. so he was looking at last five, and he clicks on Calgary, and he's looking, and he thought it was broken, because he's, he's like, there's no way that Johnny Cudreau has six goals and six assists in his last five games. So he messaged me, he's like, yo, what's going on? Is this right? Like, is this what he has in the year? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, dude, like, he's just on a tear. Like, that's, like, it, it's working. The, the site is working. That is just what he's done over the last five games. They've been that good. He's like, oh my god. He's like, I thought the whole thing was a mess, and we were going to have to start from scratch again. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. as just wanted to add that. That into- is... <laughs>
0: Johnny Goudreau almost broke the system. With
2: yeah, that. thought he did at least for sure. Yeah, um, but then before and I get the-
0: just reaping the benefits there. So
2: exactly, yeah. Goudreau has yeah. just been absolutely insane. Um, before I talk about my guy really quick, just going back to the DraftKings contest D. Uh, so am right now. I'm talking to a guy from DraftKings, and I'm trying to make it um, so that this weekly contest will be a guaranteed prize pool contest. So it doesn't have to hey. fill up every single time. All, you know, that which obviously the goal, but we don't have to sit there panicking that it's not going to fill up. Oh, it it's not. Run. We all get better
1: odds. If it doesn't fill Brock, if it's guaranteed,
2: come on. Yeah. But we want it to fill our DraftKings Kings. We want to do it with us, but anyway, so that's the plan. And sure, we're, you sure. know, hopefully we can make the the contest a little bit better, a little bit bigger. So we can have more than just 25 of you guys joining it. But uh, if you don't, especially if you don't play a lot of DraftKings and you're interested in getting into it, it's uh, it's a worthwhile thing to do just to kind of, you know, we run basically like just $5 leagues every week, and you got pretty, you know, the odds are pretty good compared to some of the bigger yeah. contests. Um, so- and we do
0: put our lineups out hours before, so if you guys want to compare, um, just to kind of look at what we got, just like, so you, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they, they call us out saying we do we we'll pay a lot of attention to fantasy hockey as we should. Um, so maybe we have a little bit of an edge, but if you guys do want to look at our lineups and, you know, see what we're stacking, what we're doing, um, we do put that out on Twitter. So,
2: yeah. And if you want, uh, every single day, Josh Harris does uh, the daily fantasy show for us. And he is super knowledgeable um, and he'll you know he'll give you some picks and guys to target and stuff that'll really help. So if you want to get into uh, DraftKings, I would suggest uh, you know put in a little deposit in and maybe join uh, our contest next Thursday because it's a fun little way to you know compete against us. And also, kind of just kind of learn the ropes of uh, daily fantasy hockey because it is an absolute riot. Once you start, you won't be able to stop. Way too much fun. Uh, yeah, it's an absolute riot for sure. Uh, but getting back to sneaky top six guys, uh, I really like Kevin Fiala right now. He's only six percent owned. Uh, left ring, left wing, right wing uh, eligibility, but uh, Fiala is just a really talented kid drafted eleventh overall in two thousand fourteen. Uh, and it looks like he's finally coming to come into his own here in 2017. Uh, if you look at his uh, his AHL numbers, uh, Fiala put up really, really good numbers uh, in yep. the minors. And he's just been excellent since Kyle Turris uh, was traded to the Predators in that Matt Duchesne deal. And uh, just the emergence of Fiala alongside Turris, uh, it's really brought Craig Smith along too. It just makes the Predators uh, that much more dangerous. I think that was an absolutely fantastic trade for them. They look uh, like maybe the best team in hockey right now behind, you know, obviously the Lightning, their, their top line is disgusting too. But uh, in the Western Conference at least, you know, I said it last week, there's nobody more dangerous than uh, the National Predators right now. But uh, getting back to Fiala, before Turris, uh, he had just 7 assists and 15 shots on goal in 15 games. So averaging just 1 shot per game, uh, no goals. But since the Turris trade, he now has 2 goals, 4 assists and 15 shots in 5 games coming into tonight. Um, and then tonight he added another three shots. Uh, wasn't able to get a point on Anthony Hemi, who actually played pretty well. Won three two in a sh- or lost three two in a shootout, I should say. Uh, but Fiala also played nineteen oh seven tonight, which is crazy. Uh, obviously oh, that man. went into overtime, so we've seen nice. like, a couple extra minutes. But he's playing big minutes, more minutes than he's played. Uh, and you know, obviously the way things are going here with Turris right now, uh, Fiala had a forty three point five Corsi four before the Turris trade. Since playing with Turris and Craig Smith, that's bumped up to 50. Uh, so when we see his personal and on ice shooting potential, which are both still pretty low right now, start to you know come up a little bit, uh, things will continue to go well for him. And as long as he's playing this well with Kyle Turris, I don't see him moving down the lineup. Uh, if you look at their lineup right now, it's filthy. Um, they are four lines deep. They are very, very good. And as long as he's playing with Turris, he's worth a look, especially in deeper leagues. I'm a uh, big fan of Kevin Fial. But D, uh, who are you looking at?
1: Uh, So there's actually uh, a few different guys Or teams anyway that I looked at Uh, Probably most notably was Sam Reinhardt We talked about him moving on the top line With Kane and Eichel already though So I don't want to spend too much time on him there I also think Dallas is a really interesting spot Especially in daily plays Um, I think the likes of Shore uh, Janmark and even Spezza Being in their top six Can make for some really affordable line stacks Out in Dallas right now uh, and Sagan and Ben are playing as good as ever. Um, so I think that's something to keep an eye on if you're playing in daily leagues on DraftKings and whatnot. Um, but otherwise, i just got to talk about Edmonton as a whole because I think whoever slots a- alongside McDavid in Edmonton uh, can obviously work in season-long leagues. I just think it requires some active management because it seems to be there's a pretty big shuffle going on constantly right now as uh, Todd McClellan searches for some answers. So whether it be Kajula, Lucic, Chimaroon, Maroon, I-, I think all of them um, – offer some real solid uh, fantasy value, but only when they're playing alongside McDavid. So, Like I said, I think it requires a lot of active managing, whether you're dropping and adding these guys or uh, just playing and sitting them based on whether or not they're on the top line that night. Um, So yeah, uh, uh, like I said, uh, a lot of active managing and the thing to watch, too, we talked about earlier as they search for secondary scoring, they've split up McDavid and dry Settle, but all these guys obviously receive even more of a boost in value if dry Settle ends up being the guy on the other side of McDavid, because uh, we saw it playing what the two of them did from Maroon last year. Uh, but yeah, like I said, in the meantime, uh, if you have one of these guys or just the open roster spot, while well, McClellan gets it all sorted out, uh, or until he gets canned and someone else starts making decisions, whatever happens first, <laughs> uh, just keep an eye on it and be an active gm about it because i think it can really pay dividends in the short uh in the short uh whatever <laughs> short immediate future
0: yeah yeah definitely for these top six guys it's a lot of it's gonna involve um, active management but for guys like that uh um, you know just keep keeping an eye on lines and not to pump daily face up but just kind of rocky is up to date with them it. so not uh, to pump it so, keep <laughs> pumping that shit it's a daily face up it. podcast <laughs> No, you're right. Okay, so to pump daily face off, uh, just keep an eye, you know, like, like D said on, on Edmonton's lines there, um, and whatnot. But, but yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm just going to mention someone super quick, uh, Brian Rust out in, out in Pittsburgh. Same idea for him. Yeah. Uh, just kind of, you know, he slots into the top six, and when he does, he makes a great daily play. Um, and we, we've seen him get a lot of, uh, I'm not going to say garbage assist, but we'll say garbage assist. But it does, um, those do translate, you know, to, to some decent numbers if you do need a, a start, someone who rides alongside Crosby sometimes.
2: Yeah, he's uh he's a hard working guy. He he'll definitely help you out a little bit. I think uh I think the you know Tiny, another guy you a sh- mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, Josh Anderson's kind of got the same kind of value. I'm not going to go too deep. Uh Matthew Kachuk, kind of the same boat as well. Plays on a really uh dynamic line there in Calgary. Just trying to give you guys a couple more names. Uh another guy that we talked about when he does play up there again if we're talking about active management, Andreas Athenesiu. Uh but like I said, he yep. obviously uh you know, moves down to the fourth line every third game because Jeff Blashill is an asshole. Um, so good. Yeah, it's insane. Like I don't understand it. Uh, I think Pavel Buchnevich's own percentage is fairly low still. Uh, he could have fit in somewhere in the. Uh, he jumps it, around. Yeah, in the the earlier wave wire um, conversation. Uh, Bobby Ryan's another guy too. Just coming back from injury, he's looked pretty good with Duchesne. They still haven't gotten on the score sheet, but another guy again to take a look Cheating at. A ton. Uh, I don't really know if there's too many other guys here. Let's see. I'm just trying to go through a few. Um, oh, another interesting player for me is Nick Bukestad. He's a guy that I've always been pretty high on. Uh, but he's just seen his minutes have just crumbled over the last couple years. Uh, but he's slowly starting to play better this year. And he's recently been playing with Vincent Trocheck, And that's, that, that just gives... The the Panthers are a really dangerous second line. I think Bugstad's another guy that kind of fits into this conversation. I knew I was looking at another guy. I just couldn't remember what his name was, but uh, I found it. I knew there was somebody else I wanted to talk about. But D, we'll go back to you really quick because I know you love talking about goalies. Um, Actually, Biebs, I think you've got the most obvious one. Let's actually start with you on this one. Who's your backup to own right now? Um, I was actually sweating too because my
0: backup to started tonight. So if he got lit up, I was going to just... Scrap this whole segment. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Anton Kodobin on the Boston Bruins right now um, Bruins. is backing up. Currently, currently backing up to Rask, but I, I don't know how long that's going to stay. Rask has a below 900 save percentage at a at a point eight nine seven and uh, and a, and a goals against average just 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 below three but that's still ridiculously high um Kodobin's kind of been an absolute stud since he stepped in for ask he's now six and zero um with a 935 save percentage through uh through nine appearances um and then the thing is boston just doesn't seem to uh their patience with Ras seems to be growing shorter and as Kodobin keeps continuing to excel they're gonna they're gonna continue to give him time it looks like um obviously rask isn't i don't think in in Really, there's not really a chance he's going to lose that spot. But there's definitely a chance for splits here. And um, and I know a couple leagues that I'm in, I'm um, very thin on goalies. Kodobin makes a nice pickup when he is playing as good as he is right now. Um, so for me, it's Anton Kodobin. Uh, he's going to start getting just absolutely scooped off every waiver wire after tonight's start. So if you listen to this early tomorrow, maybe you can get him.
2: <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> I don't know, man. Rask has looked really bad. Um, Terrible. And Kodobin like, has he been. He bu- hurt. I don't know. Uh, I think he's just getting old. Um, yeah, the Bruins do a decent job at limiting the uh, the high danger scoring chances too, uh, which we talked about. I think they're right in the top uh, the top ten in fewest again, so uh, it makes it a little bit easier to be a goaltender. So that makes uh, Rask's struggles all the more alarming. And Hugh Dobin's obviously doing a pretty good job behind that team. And uh, it, it's funny for me when shit like this happens because you know, obviously, I run the depth charts at DFO. Um and so like it's hard to like supplant Tuka Raz with Anton Hudobin, right? Like you don't want Yeah to send people into a frenzy and everybody drops him and then Rask starts the next Razz. game, post a shutout starts the next six and um, you know, goes on a tear like we know Tuka Razz is capable of. But uh Hudobin's definitely after, you know, three straight starts and winning again tonight, looked good again tonight. I would yep. be absolutely stunned if he doesn't make a a fourth straight appearance. But I'm pretty sure the Bruins have a back to back. You're heading in, uh, to the weekend, so uh, you, you you they no, they actually don't. They play Friday and Sunday, so he could if you you know if could he beats both. the Penguins, yeah. he could get both. Um, but I, I if I'm the Bruins, I think they they would also want to get Rask there as quickly as possible. Uh, but like you said, it's not even just for now. Um, because Hudobin could just start to see a lot more starts than we were expecting, and if you know he sees thirty, uh, that makes him worthwhile on a pretty decent Bruins team. So uh, I like it for sure. But D, uh, are you looking at any backups to pick up right now?
1: Uh, it's in a little bit different light than Beads. Uh, it certainly doesn't offer as much immediate value, but I think if we're looking at you know who would receive the most significant fan or boost in fantasy value. Uh, should they uh, gain control of the starter's job? And I think uh, it's got to be Darcy Kemper. Um, Obviously the number two behind Jonathan Quick right now, but Kemper has been very strong in limited action this year, boasting a 1.62 goals against and a 9.43 save percentage. Uh, So should Quick go down, Kemper would be given every opportunity to hold down the starting job. And I know you're all thinking, guys, Kemper's only played four games, D. How can you possibly recommend someone off such small (laughs) sample size? Well, you see, Kemper's career save percentage is a modest 910. Certainly not great, but it's not very far off. Quick's career rate of 916. Uh, and we all know it doesn't take anything more than a middling save percentage to be a fantasy number one in LA. Uh, so, in the meantime, I, I think Kemper also makes for an interesting spot start. Uh, he'll see some action this weekend with the Kings back to back in Arizona and against Anaheim. Uh, and especially if he draws the Arizona start, uh, it's pretty much a free win at that point. Uh, so certainly a guy you'd want to hop on for that to start alone, and then uh, again, just a, a situation of honor going forward, and he would certainly see his stock rise almost instantly following a quick injury, uh, which has been known to happen, so deep an eye, I guess, but in, in the meantime, should make for some interesting spot starts when he does get the call.
2: Yeah, mine's kind of in the same boat, Uh, and and the one thing worth noting on Kemper here uh, is Quick really has struggled quite a bit recently. I think he, uh, coming into tonight at least, he was on like a five or six game losing streak. Uh, He started out the year as maybe the top goalie in the NHL, but he's quickly kind of falling off. Um, Yeah, he's lost five, he's he's given up one on 12 shots again tonight so far. Um, So, I mean, I think... uh, it would be hard to supplant him completely, but I like same situation as to do when, you know, veteran goalies continue to struggle, could see a little bit more time. Um, for me, mine's a little bit different. Uh, Mine's Aaron Dell in San Jose, 18% on It's different for this reason. Um, Dell has been really solid so far this season, much like he was last year when he came uh you know, the NHL is a bit of an unknown, uh, but so far this year, two fourteen goals against, nine twenty-three save percentage, and one shutout in seven games. Obviously, not, again, also not the biggest sample size, but we're still only a quarter of the way through. Uh, but he's, you know, he's obviously not about to take Marvin Jones' job or Marvin Martin Jones' job uh, because Jones has been, you know, equally if not uh, a better than Dell. However, he's a backup to own because for the next month, the Sharks have one back-to-back every single week for the next four weeks. And if you look at our back-to-back tracker at DailyFaceoff.com, you will see that Dell has started one game in every single one of their back-to-backs of this season. And I'm pretty sure, um, I mean, we didn't have the data for last year on there, but I think he did uh, the same, if not 95% of those games he saw. Because uh, they don't like to ride Jones too hard. He'll see 60-65, and Dell will play a healthy 20-25 uh, games. Um, so, on top of that, the Sharks are one of the best possession teams in the NHL and one of the best at limiting scoring chances, especially uh, high the ones of the high-danger sc- uh, variety. So, uh, that makes Dell one of the best spot-start options whenever he does get the nod. And looking at the schedule going forward, you can be proactive and add him, knowing that you are likely to get one start out of him every single uh, week for the next month. So, I think he's a guy that's worth targeting, uh, especially, you know... This obviously, if you've got Bobrovsky and somebody else pretty good, you don't. This doesn't really, you know, make sense for you. But if you are somebody that needs a little bit of extra help in net, like I do in some of my leagues, uh, I like to look at uh, the schedule going forward and really target guys like this. So I like Aaron Dell. I think he's worth an ad. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, uh, we you you always want to look at guys who can you know start on the back back that are
0: especially for these backup goalies. And I think Dell's kind of stepping out as, you know, one of the premier guys. Originally I would have said Grubauer, but he's kind of just absolutely struggled his face off. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, if you're going to stash a backup who is, you know, not super likely to take the job, but will get a lot of decent starts and, you know, like maybe 25, 30 this year, um, he he makes a nice addition. And and who knows, Jones goes down and, and he becomes super valuable as well.
1: Yeah, I think one start a week for a team like San Jose is certainly uh, worth holding on to, even if it's just for the next month or so. Uh, so I agree, and then, you know, could obviously revisit the situation after that. Uh, but seems to be a good spot to start in the meantime, for sure.
2: Yeah, so I think that uh, pretty much wraps up our fantasy hockey part of the show. So if you don't give a shit about the NFL or football, I'll give you... Uh 10 seconds here to shut the podcast off if you want to take uh if you want to take some fantasy hockey guys advice on who you should bet on for tomorrow's games. I don't really suggest it, but we're going to give you our picks no. anyway because uh we like to gamble and that's just what we do. Uh the fantasy hockey podcast. So, <laughs> let's go ahead and get right into the Thursday NFL Thursday Thanksgiving picks yes. and we'll start it off with the Detroit Lions, Beebs, our Detroit Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings—a game that you will be at. Um, a huge game for the Lions. Obviously, need to win to stay uh, in the division. The Vikings, I think, sit at eight and two, two games ahead of us right now. Need a big win here. Vikings come in at three-point favorites. Biebs, your start or you're going to the game, so we might as well start with you. Um, you know it.
0: Uh... I, I want to go, you know, I, I'm, I'm a diehard Lions fan. I want to say the Lions are going to win because, you know, the Lions won in whatever week they played the Vikings last four. time in Minnesota. Uh, week four they won, and, and they, they they looked good. But since then, Minnesota's done everything but lose. Um, so I just I can't stay away from Minnesota. They look way too good right now. Case Keenum's actually a stud. Uh, I love the Lions. I think it's going to be a great divisional battle. Um, and I'm going to be very, very intoxicated the whole time watching it. But uh, <laughs> I just can't see them pulling this one off. So Minnesota for me, I hate to freaking say it.
2: I actually hate it. <laughs> D, I know you hate both of these teams as a Packers fan, and it must suck to look up at us in the division, <laughs> but who you like in this divisional NFC North matchup? <laughs>
1: Just know there will be an asterisk next to whichever one of these teams ends up being the so-called NFC champs come the end of the season. Okay. It's a lot easier. We don't have to go up against Aaron Rodgers, but
2: uh, you know what? I've been spoiled, so
1: I'll just sit back and watch from an objective standpoint. Uh, But this is a pretty free bet. I feel like I can't believe the spread's only three points. Minnesota's looked amazing the last few weeks. Um, Yeah, so to me, this is like a free play on points, Brad. I'm playing this every day of the week. Uh, easy cover, let alone win for the Vikings here.
2: Yeah, I would have liked to go with the Lions as well. I thought the spread would be a little bit bigger. I think, <laughs> though, I think the one thing uh, that had you know gives the Lions hope, the Lions need to, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they need to win this one in a shootout. They need to somehow break down that Minnesota defense. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a low-scoring no. slugfest. Uh, like it usually is in the NFC North. I just don't think that they have the guns to do it. I could see it being like a 16-13 game and them covering, but if I ha- if I if I'm gonna be a betting man, I'm gonna take uh the three lay the three points with the Vikings. I just think that spread's too small. Um, going now to Dallas, Jerry World. Ew, I hate that guy. But anyways, his Cowboys um come in as two-point underdogs against the L.A. Chargers, uh, who just absolutely massacred the Buffalo Bills last week, so Beeves, back to you. Chargers two point favorites in Dallas. What are you thinking? Um, I'm probably gonna play Dallas on this one. Just, uh, I, I
0: honestly, uh, can you guys hear me? Um, yeah. I'm gonna play Dallas on this one, though. It's just, I mean, Dallas is five and five compared to the four and six Chargers. Not to say I you know, mean the. The beginning all and end all, but at the same time, um, I, I like Dallas. They're slowly starting to get their offense going with Alfred Marsh, um as their lead back now. I don't think they're as bad as a team as they showed last week. And the fact that the Chargers have um, that the spreads in favor of them that just kind of confused me. So I go Dallas on this one.
2: Um, I take them on that. D, what are you saying?
1: Uh, yeah, also Cowboys. Uh, maybe we should have talked about this beforehand. But to me, the Chargers are pretty big frauds. They blew up on Buffalo, sure, but they took five free passes from Peterman the other way. <laughs> um, from a
2: made-up player.
1: Yeah, yeah, and obviously the Cowboys' offense is yeah, like pretty effing terrible without Ezekiel Elliott, but I still think Dak's a good quarterback, and I think he's got enough weapons around him that he'll find a way to get it done on Thanksgiving against what really is a lowly Chargers team.
2: Yeah, uh, Zeke is obviously a huge weapon for the Cowboys, not available, but the Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So Alfred Morris should be able to have a pretty good day. Uh, the Dallas defense also terrible. So this is probably going to be super high scoring, uh, which is terrifying. Cause I know I'm going up against a bunch of these guys in fantasy this week. So I'm probably going to get pummeled. Uh, but I like the Cowboys. They're at home. They, you know, they like to win on Thanksgiving Dak, you like you said, good quarterback. I liked it. Give me the two points. Maybe they'll lose by two and we'll still win. Uh, but the last game of the day will be the Redskins hosting the terrible New York Giants. They are seven point favorites in that one. D, let's start with you on this one. Do you think the Giants can cover the seven? They just beat the uh, you know, pretty good Kansas City Chiefs team.
1: Yeah, I really do think the Giants are better than the record. Um, they're obviously missing OBJ at this point. But nevertheless, I just think it's so hard to blow out divisional teams. Uh, the coaches are just so savvy against one another. Uh, even when you know they might be uh, completely outmanned personnel-wise, the coaching is usually enough to at least keep the game in play. Uh, and you know what? I've said it before, I'll say it again. Eli Manning, as much as we all love to hate him, he's a big-game quarterback. The man's got two Super Bowl rings. I think <laughs> he'll to show up Thanksgiving night. Uh, so I'll take the Giants to beat that spread.
0: I like that a lot, and I was thinking just that with the divisional thing. Just a seven-point spread, uh, it's, you know, it's a little too big. And I, I agree. I think the Giants are a way better team than the, they've shown. They they have two big wins this year. I think the other one's Denver, I believe, who at the time was absolutely rolling. So they're proving, you know, that they they can they can play there with the big teams. Um, I know that they lost. I forget what the numbers. They lost like six or seven games, by like less than three points or something. That um, also might be the Chargers. So I could be completely wrong. But um, either way. This is why we don't do football. But yeah, so, uh, for me,
2: I, I, I just, I, am taking the Giants this one to cover. Um, just makes too much sense. I think the team you might've been talking about was the 49ers. I know they lost a bunch of close games. Uh, cause so I know, bad, I, bad. I, know the Giants have been blown out quite a few times this year. Uh, yes. you know, they might be better than the record show, but they also lost to the 49ers. Uh, I think they're an absolute tire fire. And while it is, <laughs> while it is difficult to blow out divisional opponents, uh, uh yeah, the Giants are just God awful. um, you know, I'm up. still
1: not convinced Kirk Cousins is
2: good though. Are you? Because I, you I'm know, not there yet. you know, I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's pretty good. They are the, the Redskins are extremely banged up. They're you know they're down to their third string running back <laughs> at this point. But the, I just think the Giants are just terrible. Uh, I don't think they're gonna get you know absolutely whitewashed. But you know, I'd say they lose. I just don't think they have enough offensive weapons to keep pace with the Redskins. I think they lose by uh, you know obviously seven plus. But I, I'd be shocked if this game's within ten. Uh, so the I like the Redskins. Positive, huh? So no, not enough, not quite enough. But hey, you know, you you gave some love to Eli Manning there, D. And uh, I think that's why we should never uh, start a football podcast. But you're, you're, <laughs> you're right. He uh, he has been a big game quarterback in his past. Uh, you two rings,
1: bro. He's got more than Pete. Pay- no, that doesn't work anymore. He's got the same. He can't hear you through his two. Same as Pete.
2: Pay- we'll see. Uh, we'll see if anybody comments on how good our football knowledge is, uh, and if. Maybe Probably we've sure. got a future here. Maybe we can start a football podcast next year. Uh, it's not like I, the guys on
1: TV actually know what they're talking
2: about. No, they just yell and scream and laugh just like we do. So, I mean, we can do yeah. it just as easily. And most of them... Yeah. They just most pick of them, up whoever's starting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this guy, uh, he's just starting running back this week because this guy's injured. He's like, wow, you're a genius, man. Yeah. So smart. He has waiver wires. I can't wires. believe, <laughs> you, you, I can't believe you thought of that. I didn't think about yeah. that by myself. But anyways, this has been... The Daily Face Off Podcast season three episode twelve. Uh I'm Broxie and four beebs Bonnie and Dylan Dean birthview Enjoy the blue stones. We'll see you guys back here next week.
0: Let's make it like three days. <laughs> yeah, so true.
2: Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment.
1: From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and
2: new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more